if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of food. food. First, there's a real lawsuit in India right now with two restaurants battling it out for who gets credit for inventing butter chicken. One family is suing for $240,000 in damages, saying their grandfather invented the dish when he lived in Pakistan. Second, (laughs) see if this sounds appetizing. Remember Jason Kelsey's shirtless? Who can forget that, right? Well, Eileen's Colossal Cookies in Liberty, Missouri, recreated Jason's viral moment in a cookie cake complete with chest hair made out of chocolate shavings. I saw that, and I don't know that there's ever been a less appetizing (laughs) cookie cake ever made. (laughs) Finally, in the world of food, think the Easter Bunny will bring this to your kids? Costco is selling a giant chocolate Easter Bunny that's two feet tall Uh and almost four and a half pounds. What? It'll set you back 64 bucks, and it's hollow. So people are saying eh, they need a solid chocolate bunny to pay that much money. Here's what I don't understand. One of my questions for God when we get to heaven is going to be, how come a chocolate bunny that weighs, how much was it? Uh, uh, it say, was say, say two uh, pounds. four and a half pounds. Okay, it weighs four and a half pounds. How come you eat four and a half pounds of chocolate and you gain 20 pounds? <laughs> how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> this will be fun. Coming up, are you in the mood for a sweet animal story? Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Are you in the mood for a sweet animal story? I love this one. Check this out. A pet duck in Grand Haven, Michigan named Sophia was so sad and lonely after another duck, her best friend Evie, passed away. So her owners used Facebook like a friendship matchmaking service for ducks and went looking for a friend. Single female, loves long walks by the pond, bright orange feet, (laughs) the usual. Well, it worked for Michigan's most eligible quack lorette, and hundreds of people reached out. They ended up getting two more ducks named Lucy and Goosey, and Sophia's doing so much better. She's so happy again, and the family's little seven-year-old daughter, Josie, is especially excited about these new ducks. I'm hoping there are new ones are a girl and a boy so they have baby ducks so we have more and more. <laughs> more and more baby ducks. <laughs> it sounds like one of them might be a boy so maybe they'll have some ducklings by spring. Huh. Now, uh, do you know what you call a gathering of ducks in Michigan? What do you call them? A Michigander. <laughs> oh, Wow. Because a group of ducks is a gander, so that would be a mission gander. Stepped in that dad joke. And yeah, boy, if she does get all the ducks she wants, she's going to have her hands full keeping her ducks in a row. Got any more? (laughs) Uh, No, I I think that's it. But those quacked you up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely got my eyes to roll. (laughs) Are you good at remembering people's names? Sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm horrible at it. Apparently, there's a trick you can use to be better at it. See what you think of this in just a minute. Okay, so have you ever been in that situation where you meet someone and you cannot remember their name? You've, you've met them before, the and you're like, oh, wait. And goes, and hey, I'll, I'll, good to see you. Yeah, good. To, it's so good to see you. I've, I've told my <laughs> sister when we're out and about, or my husband, I'm, I'm like, listen, if I don't introduce you, it means I'm dying inside. I'm dying a slow death. I can't remember their name. 
So you reach out and say, hi, I'm Glenn. What's your name? And you help me. Mm-hmm. And my sisters and my husband have totally had my back a good before. Idea. Wow. Yeah. You just have the plan. You're a, you're a smart Because cookie. I am a introduce type person. And if I don't, there's trouble. Uh, the other thing that's worse is you. they just told you their name. And you still can't remember it. You're like, ah, so oh, embarrassing. Remember that one lady, I wanted to say her name. I remember it now, but there was a lady who worked here at the radio station for like three years and I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> you would ask me every day, what's, what's her, her name, name again? What's her name again? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> this is what they say is a trick to stop forgetting people's names. When you meet someone, you picture them in your head and put them in a mental picture That'll make you remember. And the example they give is like, well, how many people do you meet with this name? They go, for example, you meet a guy named Ross. You picture him in the friend's apartment. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. That's all good, well and good. But what if you're meeting like Bob? Where do you put Bob? So you, I mean, I guess Bob a minion. Builder. Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder. Bob the Minion. Mm-hmm. Make him a minion. Um, what Bob, about? What about Bob? He's Bill Murray. Okay. So maybe this does work. No, so what are you no, going to do for no. me if you're meeting Taylor for the first time? Golf clubs. Uh, if I <laughs> golf, because I make everyone think of golf clubs. <laughs> if the, here's the, here, okay, let's play real world. This is unfolding. Someone comes up to Kevin and says, "Hi, my name's Joe." I Joe. then go blank and stare into space, thinking, "Okay, Joe," and he thinks I'm a weirdo. Because you're trying to think of yeah, a story. I'm just like stopped and I'm staring off in the space, thinking, "Okay." Where am I putting Joe? Joe versus the volcano. Where am I putting Joe? <laughs> and then I then it hits me, and I look back at him. Hi, Joe. <laughs> he thinks, yeah, maybe oh my you gosh, shouldn't play this, this is, game. This is the weirdest person I have ever if met. You're... At that point, remembering his name is the least of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to go that, like, in another world. I know I would. Then you better not try it. I would. I'd be bewildered dog meme. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> Who? What? What? Oh, Joe. Joe. <laughs> Hi, Joe. <laughs> I'll never forget you now because I've embarrassed myself so right. deeply. He now goes around the room telling everyone what a weirdo I am. <laughs> so Taylor's just sharing that trick about how to remember people's names. And one thing that I've done that I th- it works for me is I'll just reintroduce myself to somebody. Like right at the get-go. Right when I see him, I'm like, I know your face, but we've seen each other like... Five or six times, I should know your name, but I'll walk up and I'll go like, hey, I don't remember me. My name's Kevin. And hopefully they'll go, oh, yeah, I'm Bill, I'm Steve, I'm whoever. No, usually they'll just go, I've seen you do this, and they'll go, yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that happen to you at radio events. (laughs) (laughs) Good try. So if you're at a radio event and I do that, that's me not wanting to be rude. Yeah. And desperately trying to remember your name all at the same time. It's rough. And it's a, it, I, I just have never been good at remembering names. It's just not not my uh, not my forte. I am in awe of people who do. And yes. particularly those people who have like a system like you do. Oh, I just remember the first letter of their name. Then I think of a country with that name. And then I think no, about No, I don't I'm have that vacation. system. That no, was just the idea no, no, from no. experts. I'm saying you shared that. I'm in awe of people who do oh, that. Oh, people who do that, yeah. People who can do that, who have these elaborate systems. And I'm like, if I could remember that elaborate system... I can remember the name. Yeah, like there's this lady that shares our bathroom here at the radio station. She's in a different suite than us. And I was like, this is it. I'm getting her name. I got this. Mm-hmm. And we talked and laughed. And I saw her like three more days after that. It was awesome. And then I didn't see her for like three months. 
and now I forgot. <laughs> I'm gonna have to write it down. You know what? We should we should all just start wearing name tags. <laughs> Hello, my name is. Right? <laughs> Why not? Hey, they do it at the coffee shops, and it helps a ton. Yeah, <laughs> it helps a lot. You have their name because it's on the tag. Right. And they're writing your name on the cup. So they've got everybody knows everybody's name. There you go. Right. Because we're reminded every time we go in. There you go. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're the same way. But when I see an old man crying on TV, it gets me all choked up. And I don't know why. I guess because men aren't usually that emotional. And I thought this was fascinating because Kevin and I, years and years and years and years ago, we were at a radio seminar and we learned that as men grow older, the the little nerve endings between their right side of their brain and their left side of the brain start to interconnect and grow together. It's been scientifically proven and men get more emotional as they age. And so I thought it was really fascinating when, um, I don't know if you heard about this, Kev, but Robert De Niro, he just became a dad again. Mm-hmm. His eighth child, um, his little baby Gia is nine months old and he's 80 and they were interviewing him for the February, March issue of, ready for this? The AARP magazine. <laughs> and they asked him about his baby girl yeah. having a daughter at 80 years old. And he said he got all teared up. And he said, everything that I'm consumed with or worried about just goes away when I look at her. It's wondrous. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. So little Robert De Niro getting a little Little Missy eye choking up about his baby girl. How I know if I had seen that interview, if it was on video, I would have choked up too. I just think of him as the tough guy and meet the parents. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy would never You're cry. Out of the circle of trust. That guy would never cry. But there, there he is in real life doing it. Oh, that's great. So you were talking about when you see old men crying, it gets you every time. If my for my wife, that it gets her every time, but especially if it's an old guy and he served in the military. Oh, if he's wearing yeah. like his old military D- hat or whatever. Oh, Every, tears. every time. And I've got one of those stories that's going to be a good cry coming up next. So, you know, what always gets me is when they show those videos talking about uh, military families and people who have served the videos of a kid is at like in his high school cafeteria or elementary school cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And mom or dad has been away for months oh, serving our country yeah. and they surprise them. Oh, my gosh. I love Love those gets videos. Gets me every time. They get me every time. But Tracy, if if it is an older person, like, you know, from the greatest generation, and if they're in their military uniform, like saluting or something, as you know, mm. the play the national anthem, she's a she turned on the water faucet. Well, here's one of those stories. This guy named Art Mad- Matterson. He's 96 years old. 80 years ago, he quit high school to go and serve in World War II. 16. Yeah. Wow. He goes and serves in World oh. War II. And when he got back uh, from serving, he went right to work at the post office and worked a whole bunch of different do- jobs and stuff. Never got his high school diploma. Thanksgiving this last year, uh, one of his, I don't know if his son-in-law or grandson-in-law found out that he didn't have his high school diploma. So he got in touch with the superintendent of schools and said, hey, my my granddaddy, uh, Art, he served our military. He left high school so he could go serve the military. And back then, having a high school diploma, it didn't make or break you. You could still have a career if you didn't have one. So he just he never got it. But if there's someone that deserves a high school diploma, it's him. So the school board, they're they're all in. They're like, absolutely. He completed three years with great grades and stuff. There is no reason why we shouldn't count life experience. He is a living history lesson. Yeah. Um, so they surprised him on Christmas morning. 
He opened up his gift and it was his high school diploma. And his response was, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) And he is so proud to now have that. And so is his family. His family is like this. This was long awaited and very well deserved. So I love that story. He is a 96 year old high school graduate. (laughs) Way to go, Art. Do you have anything that you wear that annoys your other half? Uh, There's something I pretty much put on my body every day that my husband is given quite a rude nickname to because he's not a big fan. No kidding. (laughs) But we'd love to hear from you, too. What do you wear that annoys your other half? I love this topic today. Would you wear something that annoys your spouse? (laughs) That is crazy. Yeah, um, I'm fessing up first. Okay, let's hear it. So here's the deal. I have this... Big, fuzzy, long, blue robe. And I (laughs) love it. I feel like the world is giving me a warm hug when I put it on. I feel warm. I feel cozy. I'm comfortable. There's no, you know... It's just, it's just my favorite. It's I like, love it so much. It's like Linus had his blue blanket. You've got your blue robe. I do. I love is it. Is it and that light color blue or is it a no, dark it's, blue? No, it's, it's kind of like a deep blue, okay. like a navy-ish. Why, and why does Glenn hate it? He has, he says, because it really does. It makes me look pretty bad. Like it's not attractive in any way. And he goes... Oh, you got your blue yak robe on. (laughs) I look like a blue yak. Like, great. You look like an (laughs) Afghani sheep herder. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that it's not exactly a turn on. (laughs) All right. We'd love to hear from you. Let's hear about your yak robe. <laughs> what, what, do you have that, what do you have that your better half does not like that you wear? So how about you, Mark? I fessed up what my husband doesn't like that I wear. What do you wear that your wife doesn't like? Oh, I have two Hawaiian shirts that I just refuse to part with. And she absolutely hates them. Oh, she does. What does she make a face when you come out wearing one? Just. Why? Why are you wearing that? <laughs> okay, like, I don't want to be morbid, Mark, but you need to make your final request that you be buried in one of those shirts. <laughs> um, I think what really annoys her is I usually wear them for outdoor, you know, barbecue events type things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves them. And I just smile at her. Anytime someone gives a compliment, I'll just smile. And, like, oh, that is epic. I love it that. In. Yeah. Christy, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we're talking about... About uh, outfits or clothing that we love to wear that our spouse uh, doesn't hold the same affection for. They uh, <laughs> might not even like. What is it for you? <laughs> Don't laugh. My Cookie Monster pajama pants with matching <laughs> the big, thick, fuzzy socks. And he oh, like it. Oh, it sounds he adorable. Like, well, uh, yeah, but it's not. You know, the whole like, like Taylor was saying, it's not the whole. It's not bringing the heat. Thing, I, <laughs> no, not at all. He's not like, He's like oh, baby. You look like you're a boy. He's he you look like you're four. Usually I have my hair up. Nothing says the honeymoon's over like pink monster PJs or the blue yak robe. <laughs> no, it's Cookie Monster. Uh, oh, it's Cookie monster. monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. That's but, yeah. funny. Yeah. That's funny. So, well, thanks yeah, he, for calling and thanks for hanging out with us. Have a great day, guys. Why in the world would a mom 
just giving a glimpse behind the scenes in her life go viral on TikTok? Well, because it's brought up a slew of other issues. Here's what happened. Hannah and her seven-year-old son got COVID. So they isolated upstairs while her husband went on with his life downstairs. He never got it. Hannah was too exhausted to move. That's how sick she was. Mm. When she finally comes down to the kitchen, seven days later, it's utter chaos (laughs) with rotting food, just a mess. She proceeds to clean it up, saying sometimes she feels like, ready for this? A single married mom. Mm. It's brought up discussions about moms carrying the mental and physical load for the whole family, while juggling work, the kids, chores, and people are calling for husbands to step up and join the team and just become a true partner to their wives. Wow. One of my favorite people in social social media, uh, Joe in Black, Father Joe, he posted the other day about some some guy, very bravado filled, posted, yeah, I'd, I'd take a bullet for my wife. And he responded and put something like, rarely is a man going to have to do, going to literally have to put his life on the line for his spouse, what she would really like is if you did the dishes. It's <laughs> yeah, a good start. And it is. It, yeah. it totally is. You mm-hmm. know, we, we should talk about that. Let's celebrate some husbands that are doing it right. Can we do that? Call in and talk about your husband and, and how he does do that, that he is the partner when it comes to getting things done. I have a feeling, especially among Kevin and Taylor listeners, that there are some hubbies who are getting it done. Let's hear about them. Brag on them. So we would love to hear you call in and brag on your hubby. Is your husband one of those husbands that he's a partner? He's not like, oh, no, the dishes. That's ladies work. He gets in there and does everything with you. It's together. Hey, Amanda, we're celebrating husbands that get it done, that really uh, they look at the home as a partnership, like we're all in this together. So they wash a dish, they take out the trash. Let's hear about your hubby. Yes, I had a brain surgery and stroke about eight years ago, and he took care of the kids. He washed all the dishes. He did all the laundry. He cooked. And to this day, he still cooks. He works about 60 hours a week, and he comes home, and he makes dinner. And on Mondays, he'll stop and get us um, a special crab and some salmon and he'll cook it for me. And he does a lot of work. If you don't mind, go back to the time when everything happened and you had your stroke. Were you surprised at all that he stepped up like that? I woke up and I was, I was in a coma for a couple uh-huh. months. And I woke up and I was scared right away. I said, where's the kids? He goes, don't worry about it, honey. They're at home. Everything's fine. I got people from the church helping to bring stuff by. But he's doing it all. He's working. Wow. He's picking up the kids from school and everything. Wow, it was a what blessing. a guy. That mm. is awesome. What's yeah. his name? Michael St. Clair. Go, Michael. Awesome. That is awesome. And I know he's Amanda. listening, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mike, you're a great guy. And thanks for calling and bragging on him. No problem. Hey, Audra, we're talking about husbands that step up and they're a true partner after this lady said she feels like a single married mom. Is your hubby one of those? When I had had our son, I had postpartum depression and I didn't see what was going on in myself. Um, And so he really picked up the slack. He really also encouraged me and helped me get the help I needed Mm. so that I could be a better mom. He really, Mm. you know, emotionally intervened, spiritually intervened. What a guy. He's my godson. He's my soulmate. So I'm very thankful for him. This is so much fun hearing from people about their husbands and how their husbands are stepping up and and getting it done. Um, There was something that I felt was like a job that I felt was a job like God gave me when we were going through uh, COVID. When we had everybody was on lockdown, you couldn't everybody, you know, had to socially distance and all that stuff. Well, my wife had an underlying medical condition and she was really adamant about not being around other people. 
So she's home. You know, just her and Kyle, her son, had moved back home because he's a musician. Music industry shut down, so it was just the two of them. But she really didn't have a lot going on or a lot to look forward to. So I made it my job to give her stuff to look forward to. And I would come up with every weekend a different theme. Hey, it's going to be Greek weekend. We're going to go and get uh, curbside Greek food. And we're going to watch uh, my big fat Greek wedding and uh, Mamma Mia. And it's going to be great. And I would come up with like Mexican awesome. weekend, Greek weekend. Uh, came up with a, remember we did the quest for the best pizza? We'd yeah. We'd go and we'd get curbside pizza and then go to a park somewhere and eat it. But I made it my mission. I wanted her, if we... Like if we we did Quest for the Best and got pizza, there was something else to look forward to after that. That's so sweet. Always have something to look forward to because I just didn't want her to fall into like a depression or feel like this is never going to end or there's nothing going on. There was always something to look forward to. It is interesting how often husbands are there, um, whether it's physical, like laundry or helping with cooking or things like that, but they're there emotionally for their wives. You remind me of a time I was going through a really deep, dark time in my life and I came home one day and my husband who literally has never danced in his life, we do not know how to dance, had invented what he called the robot dance. <laughs> and he did it for me just to make me laugh. It was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. Hmm. <laughs> hey, does your company need young workers to stay in business? Check out what this company is doing to lure in Gen Z hires. Free therapy sessions. Hmm. Chipotle announced new financial and mental health employee perks intended to beef up staffing because they're heading into the busiest time of their year, burrito season. Uh, between March and May, people are so hungry for carne asada that Chipotle wants to hire 19,000 new workers. So they're offering six free sessions of therapy with a mental health professional. Match up to 4% of an employee's salary for, through a 401k contribution. And it, that's if they make student loan payments. And access to... Uh, Cred AI, it's a Visa credit card designed to help users build credit. And SoFi, which is a personal finance platform. And I, I can see why they're doing this because um, I have so many nieces and nephews that are Gen Z. And they're so much more open about working on their mental health. So I could see where that would be an appealing aspect to hi- filing, you know, applying for a job. I don't know. If I apply for a job and they say free me- free free mental health counseling is part part of your benefits package, I'm like, how bad is it to work here? <laughs> that's part of it. Oh, that's funny. Why, you're assuming they need therapy because of that I place. When I start working here, I'm going to have to go to therapy? <laughs> I don't know if I want your job. <laughs> What's happening at this place? <laughs> The pressure of burrito season must be overwhelming. <laughs> Hey, when was the last time you were completely overwhelmed by the kindness of a stranger? Well, that just happened to Kier. He was taking a train trip with his little girl, just the two of them, and his six-year-old Emery needed to use the bathroom. That's always an awkward spot for a dad by himself, right? Only problem, the men's bathroom had just gotten disgusting. Uh, Someone had been in there, and it was really bad, and he didn't know what to do. Enter George to the rescue. He works at the train station. He's a single dad of a little girl and saw Kier's predicament and went in and scrubbed the toilet, sprayed some cologne so it would smell good and made it welcoming for little six-year-old Emery. Kier was so overwhelmed by his kindness, he wanted to cry. Don't nobody want to hear a a, a man complaining about what's difficult for him. For that man to see me struggling and understand deeply what that meant, man, it meant the world. Hmm. 
for a man to understand what he was doing, the struggle yeah. and understand meant the world to him. So uh, that TikTok, of course, went viral. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone just loved hearing that story. So, Taylor, you've never been on a cruise, but if you ever do, I'm going to give you a big heads up for something you should avoid saying. I never knew really? it. I know I've said this on cruise boats. And if apparently if you do, like people will stop in their tracks and go, what did he say? Oh, what did wow. you, so I'll tell you what it okay. is next. You've never been on a cruise, Taylor. No. I've been on a, on a couple and I have violated this rule. I didn't know this was a thing, but this uh, guy who's a, a TikToker, that's what he does for a living. Um, this one cruise line invited him to go out, experience their cruise and please post about it. And, you know, we'll get tons of people to sign up for cruises. And he said he had no idea. He sat down to dinner and he's made all these friends, these new people. And he's like, hey, guys, did you know this boat, the ship that we're on is 100 feet longer than, and here's the word, the Titanic all the servers stopped in their tracks and he was like it was like it was as it, it was as if uh th- an announcement was made everyone be quiet for a minute if you say the word titanic on a cruise show the big no it is a absolute no you cannot do it and he said he had no idea no way i've never heard this yeah It'd be a natural thing to mention it. Oh, I know. I totally know I've said it. And how many times do people referring to their own workplace say, it's like we're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? Well, I'd said to Tracy when we were on a cruise one time, reassuring us, I was like, wow. Those people that got on that boat had no idea. But these these boats nowadays are way safer. And I'm thinking everybody that's ever like been on a sinking ship has probably had that conversation <laughs> at some time. Boy, these are way safer than the Titanic. So, yeah, apparently you, you do not. Do not. I guess if I ever get in a blimp, I won't mention the Hindenburg. <laughs> the more you know. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> You should, no, no, you should not. Thank you for providing this service for us, sir. I think it is. A- <laughs> what? What? It's funny. <laughs> I think it is a good service. If you're on a cruise boat, do not bring up the Titanic or Leonardo DiCaprio. Can I talk about Rose? Any of it. <laughs> so for people of a certain age, we'll call them. Gen Xers, uh, there are some bands that they're like, man, I wish they would get the band back together. (laughs) The band's getting back together. I'll tell you who next. So if you've ever had a spat with someone, Taylor, and time goes by, you're just like, man, I don't even know what we were arguing about, but we should bury the hatchet and get back together. I don't I don't know why this has gone on for so long. And I never forget. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something like that has been going on uh, in the music world for quite a while with a band from uh, their heyday was like the 80s and the 90s, but they've been selling millions of records ever since then. Mm-hmm. And people are like, when are they going to get back together? When are they going to get back together? I'm talking about Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, who was John's right hand guy, the dynamic background vocals and guitar playing. It was all rich. He's he's much part of Bon Jovi sound as John was. Anyone that's seen Bon Jovi without him will say like, ah, yeah, it's Bon Jovi ish, mm-hmm. but it's not really them. Wow. Well, your uh, prayers for them to get back together have been answered. They're going to get together and do, uh, and leading up to the Grammys, there's a charitable event, and the two of them are going to perform together for the first time in, I don't know how, got to be decades. Wow. Has to be decades. Does anyone know what the fight was about? And did they mend the fences, there's or are they just going to... Lots of rumors and stuff. it and under the rug. I don't know. I don't huh. know. But huh. here's what people are hoping. 
because it's the 40th anniversary of the band this year. Wow. They're hoping that after that performance, they'll make an announcement. Yeah, there's going to be a tour. Going back on the that road. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to get back together. Maybe a new record. See. Maybe a tour. The whole bit. They're do, getting their hopes up. Do either of them need the money? Mm, I doubt it. Okay, it's not about the money at that point. Right, right, right. So if you're a, if you're a Gen Xer... They're getting the band back together for at least one performance. Your wife right must now. be so excited. That's how I found out about it. She sent me a text. <laughs> hey, do you enjoy keeping up with fashion trends? Well, don't be surprised, dads, if your kids start raiding your closet when you hear this. The latest in fashion is eclectic grandpa. It consists of mainly browns, camels, and other tan-toned clothing. You'll often see this color scheme in variations of oversized blazers, tailored pants, chunky shoes, calf-length socks, cozy cardigans, and tweed fabric. Basically, you want to look like you raided your grandpa's closet. His vintage cardigan is this season's most coveted fashion item. No kidding. Yeah. That's that's too much. Eclectic grandpa. 